Hebrews chapter 6, beginning with verse number 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name. In other words, God keeps great records in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. We desire that every one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing I will bless thee, and multiply, and I will multiply thee. And verse 15, pay particular attention to verse 15. And so, after he had patiently endured, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. We, we are concluding today a series that we've been going through and discussing called Habits. Called Habits. Establishing good habits in our lives. Habits, whether good or bad, will produce reward. Someone said practice makes perfect, but in reality, practice makes permanent. So bad practice will make bad practices permanent. Perfect practice makes perfect. But regardless of the two, practice makes permanent. What you continue to do in your life will become permanent. Today I want to close the series with, with this. Stick to it. Jesus would say in Matthew 24, He would say, He that endureth to the end shall be saved. A lot of people have started a Christian walk, but they didn't finish it. It's not about the start, it's about the finish. Paul's last words that he gave to Timothy was, Timothy, the time of my departure is at hand. But there's three things I want you to know about my journey. That I have kept the faith. I kept the faith. I never lost faith. God is faithful. Can I just pause here a moment and say God is a faithful God. When, when we say that he will never leave you nor forsake you. That's, that's not just words to try to comfort you and, and try to cheer you. But, but there's some people sitting close to you today that, 
has had to depend upon the faithfulness of God through some very taxing circumstances. You, you may look at someone sitting close to you and just think, well, they've got it all together. They, they, they've had a pretty good life. And yet, you don't understand how close you are sitting to a catastrophe. Had it not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? I've got some skin in the game because I made up my mind a long time ago that what I started I was going to finish. I've got some tenacious attitude about me that, that I'm going to see how this thing ends. But in reality, I've cheated a little bit and read the end of the book and I've already figured out how it wins and so I've joined the winning side and everything's going to be okay. But, but there are some people sitting close to you that's walked through some lonely, dark battles. Some that's walked through the valley of the shadow of death, but in the valley of the shadow of death, they realized God could be trusted. They realized that He was a rod and He was a staff and He was a comforter and He brought peace in the midst of a storm and, and He even prepared a banquet table right in the face of our enemies while we were trying to get away from our enemies. He just sets up a banquet table and says, go ahead and sit down and eat. It's all going to be okay. But He said, I kept the faith. There were times that I could have turned around. We, we love to talk about Paul. He's an incredible man. He wrote, 14 books of the New Testament. Two-thirds of the New Testament is accredited to his uh, penmanship. But it was not without pain, and it was not without adversity, and it was not without struggle. He would talk about being in perils of deep and perils of robbery, and he would talk about being in perils of chains and, and perils of prison and darkness and shipwreck and all kinds of adversity. But I remember one time in the, he's in the midst of a shipwreck, and the ship is breaking apart all around him. But he says to the crew, be of good cheer. The Lord's who I am has stood by me this night, and he just told me that not one of us was going to perish, but we were all going to be all right. What a God that will stay with you through the thick and the thin. He's a faithful God. He is a faithful God. So he said, I kept the faith. And he said, I want you to know something else. I fought a good fight. Can I just encourage somebody here on this Sunday morning that you're fighting a good fight? It's going to be worth the fight. Oh, I feel a little old, another old song coming back. It just said, and when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. Uh, man, some of you look at me like, uh, you really sung them? I mean, those were really church songs? Uh-huh. <laughs> We'd sing songs like, I come this far. By faith, <laughs> I was leaning on the Lord. <laughs> but you're fighting a good fight. Stay in the fight. Look at your neighbor and say, stay in the fight. Come on, stay in the fight. Man, I feel a little preach in the house. 
Stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. Don't give up. Stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. It's going to be worth it all. Stay in the fight. He said, no weapon formed against you. He didn't say there wouldn't be some weapons formed against you. He didn't say the enemy wouldn't lay an attack for you. He didn't say the enemy wouldn't try to take your legs out from under you. He said there would be weapons that would be formed against you, but none of them shall prosper. I fought a good fight. And the last thing he said is he, he said, I finished the course. I finished it. Kept the faith, fought a good fight, and I finished the course. And he said, henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. He would say in another place, he said, they that run, run that they might obtain the prize. See, we're not just coming to church to make ourselves feel better. We're not just coming to church because we have a social deficiency in our life and this kind of meets that, that need that we have and so we, we, we like the people we worship with and so it's just kind of a social group. We're, we're not just in this, just, you know, we're, we're running for something. There is a prize God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I cannot wait for that moment when my lungs dispel oxygen and breathe in eternal air. But while I'm going, beloved now, are we the sons of God? And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So I want to just share with you for a few moments here today and tell you, stick with it. We look at Abraham. He's called the father of faith. He's called the friend of God. It was his faith that was counted unto him for righteousness. God appears to him. He's in his homeland, Ur of the Chaldeans. He's, he's just minding his own business, and God shows up and says, Hey, Abram, I want you to leave your houses, your lands, your father, mother. I want you to leave everything, and I want you to follow me. And, and, God, and Abram says, Well, where are we going? And God says, none of your business. Just follow me. We had a nephew named Lot that said, I think I'll go along with you. And so Lot kind of tagged along and his father tagged along. And he, he went to another destination. And there, Heron, his father, passed away. God said, I'm trying to separate you from all the influences that will destroy your faith. And so God speaks to him and calls him again. And then, ladies and gentlemen, we think God had a daily conversation with Abraham. But according to history and, and chronological events, it was 14 years from this point when God spoke to Abraham that he spoke to him again. 14 years God says to him, 
follow me and everywhere your foot trods, it's going to be yours. But I'm not going to speak to you for another 14 years. You know those crazy GPSs in 100 yards, veer to the right, veer to the left, make a right turn, whatever it tells you to do. And then it goes silent. And, and if you're going a long stretch of road, it does not talk to you. You just stay the court. But it doesn't say another word until it's time to turn again. Some people can't survive from Sunday to Sunday without a word. Always needing a word. And their life is so confused because they have so many people speaking in their life that they don't know which voice. You've got to develop a keen sense to hear the voice of God. And know, and know that when the voice of God is spoken into your life, you will not change directions until you distinctly hear the voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and another they will not follow. You've got to develop an ear to hear. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. You've got to hear a word from God and set your course and say, come hell or high water, I'm going to follow the course. No matter what happens, what tries to knock me around, I'm following the course until I hear God's voice saying, make a turn I'm walking until I hear God's voice saying it's time to go this direction I'm just walking by faith can I tell someone you can never walk by sight you've got to walk by faith and when you walk by faith and you know that he's leading you the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord and he delighteth in them stick to it stick to it stick to it let me, let me read this portion that I read to you from Hebrews from the message version. The message version. Verse number 10 of Hebrews chapter 9, he says, God doesn't miss anything. Man, I could quit right there and that's just awesome. God doesn't miss anything. He knows perfectly well all the love that you have shown him by helping needy Christians. Notice how he says it. He knows the love that you've shown him. How? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Remember, the two commandments that Jesus said all of the commandments fall into is love God with all your heart and love your neighbor. Oh, y'all ain't going to help me preach, but I'm going to preach it anyway. So he says, God sees your love for him by the way you're touching other people. He said, that's how I see your love. He said, and God is up here with his account book saying, look what so-and-so did. They, they just sent a card to somebody in the church that hadn't been there for a few Sundays telling them they... 
They reached out. They cooked a meal for somebody. He said, I see your love for me by the way you're touching other people. And I'm taking notice and I'm not missing a thing. Isn't that awesome? And I know that you'll just keep doing it. And now I want each of you to extend the same intensity towards a full-bodied hope. And keep it till the finish. Finish strong. Finish strong. And the way you finish strong is by sticking with it. By, by sticking with it. By just doing what you know to do. It becomes a habit. I'm going to be at worship. It becomes a habit that I'm going to support the church. It becomes a habit that I'm going to be a praiser. It becomes a habit. I'm not waiting on the praise team to say, come on, lift your hands. I, it's going to become a habit when I come to church because I'm going to enter his gates with praise and his courts with thanksgiving. It's going to be a habit. It's going to be a habit. But he said, just, just, you need to just keep at it until you finish. Don't drag your feet. But be, be like those who stay the course with committed faith. And then you receive everything promised to you. Can I tell somebody that God is not a quick change artist? He is not baiting you with something. In fact, let me just tell you what Paul said about it. He said, I have not seen... Eareth not heard, neither hath it entered into the hearts of men the things that God hath prepared for them that love Him. God's not going to promise you something He's not going to give you when it's over. And I promise you, it's going to be greater than you can even imagine because as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are His thoughts above my thoughts and His ways above my ways. He promised. So when God made his promise to Abraham, he backed it to the hilt, putting his own reputation. Notice he says, he said, God put his own reputation on the line. When he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. He said, I promise that I'll bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. Abraham stuck it out and got everything that had been promised to him. So, the conclusion of this sermon in this series is simply stick with it. Stick with it. Stick with it. There's going to be some hard times. There's going to be some difficult times. There's going to be some struggles. There's going to be some adversity. In fact, let me, let me read from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And we're going to begin with verse number 5. And this also is from the message. Paul is speaking to the church at Corinth. And he says in verse number 5 of his second book, chapter 1. We have plenty of hard times that come from following the Messiah. We have plenty of hard times that come from following the Messiah. 
but no more so than the good times of his healing comfort. We get a full measure of that too. So you have hard times and you have good times. We have hard times, we have difficult times, and then we have good times. Some of you are on top of the world today, man. You're looking down on creation. Some of you are right in the thick of things. I mean, you're right in the thick of things. You're just, you're in a battle, you're in a struggle. I'm still going to praise him. And that's what the psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Verse 6, he said, when we suffer for Jesus, it works out for your healing and salvation. If we are treated well, given a helping hand and an encouraging word, that also works to your benefit. Spurring you on, face forward, unflinching, your hard times are also our hard times. In other words, when you're going through something, we're going through something because we're a family, we're a body. Verse number seven, when we see that you're just as willing to endure, notice the word, endure, that you're just as willing to endure the hard times as to enjoy the good times, we know you're going to make it. Remember the little story, little Brody uh, associated with, with Sister Kathy. He, his mom told him one day, he said, she said to him, Brody, quit that. And he looked at her and he says, I ain't a quitter. We've got an understanding that I may be going through something bad today, but give me a few days. It didn't come to stay. It came to pass. It will go away. Just give me a few days. I'll be on top of the world looking down on creation. Today I'm under the world with the weight of it on my shoulders. But he said, when we observe you enduring hard times as well as enjoying the good times, there's something inside of us that says they're going to make it. They're going to make it. See, I'm preaching to people today that's going to make it. One of these days, we're going to join hands around the throne of God and we're going to shout, we have overcome, we have overcome, we have overcome, we have overcome, we have overcome. You talk about being free. You talk about being free. There is no freedom like the moment when we breathe in eternal oxygen into our air. You're going to make it. But the way you're going to make it is you got to stick to it. You got to stick to it. You got to stick to it. We're going to stick with it. Hmm. I said, we're going to stick with it. 